0: The gentleman you're about to hear might not have as much name recognition as some that have been featured on this program, but God has used him mightily across the years as a pastor, a missionary, and an educator. Reverend Lonnie Witt is his name, and he preached this message at the Gravit, Arkansas Church of God of Holiness back in 2015, and he titles it, The Highway of Holiness. I know you're going to enjoy this excellent message. Of that has been on. I don't want to lose the fire I don't
1: lose the glory. I'm reading this morning from Isaiah chapter 35 I'm going to read verses um, 8 through 10 if somebody has a pew Bible and you want to, Look at the Pew Bible, that happens to be page number 432, Isaiah 35, 8 through 10. And an highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Thank God for the highway of holiness. Let's uh, bow our heads for prayer. We thank you, our Father, for this wonderful opportunity to look together in the Word of God, and we pray now as we look in your Word that you will give us the kind of help that we need, that will make speaking preaching, that you will speak to our hearts as individuals, and that the Holy Spirit will bring truth to us that will be a benefit for our lives, and we will not fail to praise you for what you do, in Jesus' name. Amen. I had an interesting discussion with the um, host that we stayed with when we were in the island of Anguilla recently. He was a former policeman and uh, he uh, did not have a great deal of understanding of highways in the United States, though he's been in the United States. I said something about the fact that we lived our our city was at the intersection of two highways, and I mentioned something about the speed that was uh, posted outside of our church. Uh, we were having some discussion about some of the uh, dangers of highways and so on, and when I told him that the speed limit was 35, he said, that's not a highway. Well, he did not understand that... Uh, Highways are called highways because of designation of what kind of roads they were, not necessarily the speed that one travels on those roads. There are uh, places in the country and have been places in the country where there were highways that were quite uh, challenging to people. Uh, I understand that many years ago that... uh, Highway five between Mansfield, Missouri, and Ava, Missouri, was known as one of the highways with the most curves for the distance that it traveled—a very curvy and dangerous road. Uh, truckers have said that Highway seventy-one that goes through Winslow and Mountainburg in Arkansas is one of the most uh, exciting drives in Arkansas. And if you've gone in an automobile on those roads, you could understand. But if you could imagine driving a 18-wheeler down uh, some of those mountain roads, it uh, would be a bit exciting. I think it is likely that when we think of a highway, our minds turn to the idea of a road that is smooth and well-graded with wide shoulders, uh, we think of a road that has good informational signs concerning curves and tunnels and bridges and speed and exits and all of those things. We probably would think of High Interstate Forty Nine as a good example of a highway like that. And we who love the Lord will love holiness and will love the holy way. And those who are redeemed desire to live holy because the Lord has said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And uh, further, holiness is a requirement for all who plan to go to the city of God. One uh, evangelist of another time said that holiness has ever been popular in heaven. God the Father is a holy God. Jesus is the Holy Son, the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit is the Holy Spirit, and the city is the holy city, and the angels are the holy angels. Its ambassadors are the holy prophets, its laws, the holy Bible, its people, the holy people. And thus we discover truths concerning the highway of holiness. We need to travel on the highway of holiness. And let's look at this text this morning and discover truths concerning that highway. First of all, I would like to say that it is a highway set apart. The author says, and a highway shall be there, and a way. And it's to be called the way of holiness. Wesley, John Wesley, said it's not to be taken as two different ways, but one in the same way, a highway there. Uh, Matthew Poole said it signifies a convenient, prepared, plain, and common road for travelers. We thank God for the highway of holiness. It's rather interesting that almost All churches confess a need of holiness. Almost all churches do. And especially as a requirement for entering heaven. It is interesting that some teach and believe that the experience comes through a process. But not really ever obtained. And certainly not a second definite work of grace. Some teach that holiness is acquired upon death, as if physical death could somehow affect a moral cleansing. Whenever and wherever there's been a real revival, it has become a revival of holiness, especially if the converts are conserved. And few would deny that without holiness of heart there's a inner struggle in the man and we teach this message as a message of a second definite work of grace in the heart. I would like to share a a few things from a book by Richard Taylor in the book Preaching Holiness Today. He talks about why the church needs holiness He talks about the experience of Arlie T. Wiley. He said, after years of searching for meaning and purpose in life, including the disillusioned experience of a church work without regeneration, he found Christ as his personal Savior in 1960. At this time, he experienced a wonderful glow of joy as he knew for the first time that his sins were forgiven. But he confesses that after a few weeks, he said, My heart was searching again, hungry, longing. And about this time, he heard from a holiness preacher, the whole counsel of God, that there was a second experience called sanctification, which gave one purity of heart. He sought and obtained and in 1966 testified that I was sanctified and I have never doubted what a thrill it has been for me to live this life of sanctification. Here a confused Christian was established and a potential church dud became a positive force because of the direct preaching of holiness. Brother... Taylor talks about others, a communist by the name of Fred of in England. He confessed that after his conversion and for a long time in the enjoyment of his newfound Savior, he felt that he had a lack. And he said, I wanted the Holy Ghost power so that I could sing and testify. And I'm not ashamed to own the Lord or defend his cause. Do you know where he found his help? Not in a sinning religion doctrine. Not in the two natures theory that was powerless to liberate or the do the best you can people. But he heard a holiness preacher and he found what he craved in his heart that second definite work of grace. There was a young Baptist, a captain for Delta Airlines, who knelt at an altar in a holiness meeting. And when he rose with a cleansed heart, filled with the Spirit, he exclaimed, This is what my heart has been hungry for for three years. And on we could go with the message of entire sanctification. But this is why we preach the message, because the Lord comes to cleanse the heart. It can certainly be observed in the American church that we have largely bypassed the message of holiness. It appears that the emphasis has become experimental. It's more about emotion and feeling good than being good. It appears that the emphasis has also been on treating God as if He is some kind of a Santa Claus that dispenses material blessings, whether we have been naughty or nice. Or that he is some kind of a a nurse who comes to kiss every owie that we have and simply make us feel good. But holiness has been, by the American church, largely declared an impossibility. And the clergy have spent a great deal of time excusing sin or renaming sin or asking the congregates to Tolerate what the Bible clearly says is sin. And having said all of that, Isaiah says, And highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. It is visible, and those who travel there are visible. The highway isn't some hidden, unobtainable mystery. It is clearly seen in the Word of God as a necessity and a possibility. And God doesn't ask us to live holy lives without giving us the power to do so. And we have both heard about those who have walked this way, and we can see people who are walking in the way of holiness. And I want to emphasize it is a visible way, and, and the people who walk there are seen as people who are walking in the holy way. It is also accessible, though it is a limited access road, so to speak. It is not only visible, but it's accessible in this present life. We read in First Thessalonians five twenty three, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God does not ask of us what is an impossibility, but he makes it a reality for us. Well, something else about this way, it's not just a way that is set apart, but it is a secure way. We read in the text very plainly, no lion shall be there. Some of you perhaps have read Pilgrim's Progress. You should, and if you haven't yet, it's not too late. Read it. It's a good book. But in the, in the story of Pilgrim's Progress, Christian was walking along, and in a narrow passage, not far from where he had been, and he looked up ahead and he saw a couple of lions on either side of the path that he was walking in. Fear struck his heart, and he didn't realize that those lions were chained and could not come on the path that he was walking. And that, in a sense, is an illustration of what happens with us when we're walking on the path of holiness, the holy highway, The lion will not go there to destroy us. He may growl on the side. He may uh, make some comment to us, but we can go in a plain path. It says here that no ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there. The old enemy, that dragon, the devil, works constantly against God's people He does all that he can to detour us or discourage us, but he cannot take us off that road. We notice something else here. It shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. What does that word wayfaring mean? We are pilgrims. We are not pilgrims permanent residence in this world. We're on our way home. Some of you may think you've found your home, but home is up ahead. And uh, this is a plain way which anyone can find if he sincerely seeks it. That's why the statement is made, though fools shall not err therein. How can we succeed on this path? Simply by walking in the light. One step of obedience at a time keeps us victoriously moving forward on that holy highway. Well, we notice something else. It is a highway for the saints. The unclean shall not pass over it. Beacon Commentary says, the Lord build it and destined it To lead to his house, it is a pilgrim way. Hence, nothing unclean, neither unclean person or thing may come up on it. And whoever goes on it is a sanctified one under God's protection and care. This is God's highway. Hence, it is for the redeemed and the cleansed, not for the profane and the polluted and the hypocrite. Nor is it intended for those who live for the world and the selfish pleasures more than the heavenly homeward way. The unclean shall not pass over it. The redeemed shall walk there. Those who know their sins are forgiven, they're going to walk on that pathway. Fanny Crosby wrote, Redeemed and so happy in Jesus. No language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed His child and forever I am. We notice something else about this highway. It is a highway leading to the city of God. And let me... Before we look at the things that are said about this, let me first say that there is joy here for the journey. There's joy here. We we are happy in Jesus. You know, when those people come to my door two at a time and knocking, wanting to tell me something about their witness, I tell them I'm so happy in Jesus they don't have anything to offer me. I'm happy in Jesus. I'm happy in Him. There is joy for our journey. And at least every once in a while we can break out in praise to God for what He has done for us and in us and what He sometimes does through us. There's joy in Him. I'm sorry for those people who, who claim to be walking with God and they look miserable and act miserable and are constantly complaining. Oh, yes, I know, and I'm going to get to that point. But but he gives us joy for the journey. And do you know something? God doesn't require anything that is designed to make us miserable. Nothing. Somebody would like to say, well, I'd like to be a Christian, but I sure don't want to be like that. Well, I don't know what that is particularly, but I can tell you this, that whatever God requires of us, it's going to keep us safe, make us happy in Him, and we can still sing along this way. We have the assurance of sins forgiven. That's a reason to rejoice. My sins are gone, thank God. We know we've been set free. The shackles have fallen off. We're living for Jesus. We're not in bondage to sin anymore. We walk in the light of His presence in wonderful victory. We have joy for the journey. uh, Our joys here, we know, are, are frequently overshadowed by pain and poverty and heartache and temptations and trials and grief. But someday at the close of this journey, we're going to step in the gates of that holy city and there will be no more problems. It will be over forever. We read in this passage here, The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. The ransomed. And it says they will rejoice with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. I don't know what in the world that looks like. But, but someone said it's likened to the laurel that was put on the heads of runners that had, had made, a, made their way to the end of the marathon and won the victory. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Some, one songwriter wrote, if fellowship here with my Lord can be such, how is it, inexpressible joy, oh, what will it be when my Lord I see? I got it mixed up, but you remember the song. If, if the joy we have here is so wonderful, can we, we can just barely imagine what in the world it may be like on the other side. The writer here says, sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That's all promised as we walk on the highway of holiness. I would like for you to uh, read with me, if you want to, Revelation 21, 1 through 8. But it talks about what happens when we get to the end of the way. John said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea." and i john saw the holy city the new jerusalem coming down from god out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for husband and i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he shall dwell with them and they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their god and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for the words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I'm so glad for the promise at the end of the way. No more death or sorrow or crying. No more pain. What a wonderful hope that we have in Jesus. It's wonderful to walk on this holy highway making progress toward that holy city. I like an old song that was a favorite of of the Sunday school superintendent in the church where I spent some of my very earliest years Brother Lindy Bland loved this song. It goes like this. I saw a wayward traveler in tattered garments clad and struggling up the mountain. It seemed that he was sad. His back was heavy laden. His strength was almost gone. He shouted as he journeyed. Deliverance will come. The summer sun was shining. The sweat was on his brow. His garments worn and dusty. His step seemed very slow but he kept pressing onward for he was winding home still shouting as he journeyed deliverance will come the songstress in the harbor that stood beside the way attracted his attention inviting his delay his watchword seemed uh, being onward he stopped his ears and ran Still shouting as he journeyed, Deliverance will come. While gazing on that city just o'er the narrow flood, a band of holy angels came from the throne of God. They bore him on their pinions. They bore the dashing foam and joined him in his triumph. Deliverance has come. Then palms of victory, crowns of glory, Palms of victory I shall wear. Thank God for the holy highway that leads to that holy city. And I want to ask you here in closing, what about you today? Are you walking on the holy highway, the highway of holiness? Are are you living near God? Do you have the Holy Spirit indwelling within you? It's an important question. We can walk on that way, we can have our hearts cleansed, the inner struggle can be gone. We can live for God, and that's a wonderful truth that we have. I want us to stand this morning, and I'm going to ask Dorothy to come and play and Luke to come and lead. And we will sing that song on the front of this bulletin. And if you need the music, it's 519 in the hymn book. And this isn't an invitation number, But if somebody needs the help of God, why don't you just come while this song is being sung.
0: I don't want